Episode 112. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Forrest Hall Sr. And this is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. You're supposed to say that with. <laughs> How are you, Dad? I'm doing wonderful, Forrest. How you doing, son? I'm doing good. This is a very special episode. I get to do it with my dad. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, first housekeeping. Remember, it's realchurchmatters.com. You can check there for the episodes. You can also search Real Church Matters on your favorite social media outlet. You can also search for it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Find us, listen to us, subscribe, play it, share it with your friends, rate us, give us five stars, write a review. Appreciate everybody that does that. Uh, Be mindful that you can also tell Siri that you want to listen to the podcast and she'll do that for you. Just say, Siri, play the latest episode of Real Church Matters. and She'll take care of that. Also, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Real Church Matters. And give as little as a dollar a month, and it'll, it's very helpful. Right now, I have about four people giving, and I appreciate it. It helps me to continue to do the subscriptions and all that stuff. Uh, what else? I think that's it. Where can they find you at on social media? <laughs> Not on social media. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm just joking. Alright, so remember it's obedience over audience. As always. Oh, let me not forget. Let's look on the podcast and see where were we this time last year. Episode 69, The House That Spirit Built. Amen. That was the uh second time my mother was on the podcast. And I got my dad on here. But the house that Spirit built, I end up, that was a very long one, so I split it into two weeks. So you can listen to episode 69 and 70. And let's see, two years ago was What is the Purpose of Purpose? And so that was a great one. I don't remember who I did that with, but I know it was about purpose. So make sure y'all listen to those. And that concludes the housekeeping. So, like I said, have my dad on here. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I appreciate you coming on, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to do it for you, son. <laughs> just sit up. See, you just gotta. Yeah, you don't want to be relaxed. So you just you're just talking. You're just having a conversation. So, and I, you said to me that you wanted to come on and do a Father's Day podcast. So I thought that was perfect. I don't necessarily do holiday specific ones, but this is special to me. And I think we could learn some things about fatherhood and uh, help some fathers. So I think the first thing I wanted to do was say how important this was to me and the reason why. You so, don't have to be nervous. I'm supposed to be the one nervous. I, I, I'm like, I'm kind of nervous because... You know, uh, it's a it's a big deal for me. 
And I'm going to tell you why it's a big deal. The reason it's a big deal is because I most of the people that I interacted with as a young person, they didn't have a father. They had their grandmother taking care of them, aunties. Some of them have uh, even a mother. So whenever I was around the different circles I was around, I always was like one of the few people that had a father. And one of the things that always comes up nowadays when we're talking or as a family is, it's, it's like this running theme of you could have been a better father. And I don't see it that way. I always see it as I had a father and I knew so many people who didn't that I didn't see where there was a deficit. <laughs> I didn't see where there was any lack. All I know is I had a dad. I look. I looked up to you. I still look up to you, but I, 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 I looked up to you, and you did all the things that I had no comparison to. You know what I'm saying? Like people be like, "Do they? Do you? Uh, do you got a good dad?" I'm like, "He's there." <laughs> you know, he can say more than. Most people can't say that they even have a dad. Yeah, but just because you were there don't mean that you're the father. You're just a, a provider. But a father is much more than just a provider. Exactly. So when I say that, now as an adult, I realized that I had the father that I needed. But both of us being men who have grown into men of God, we can share something with other people it wasn't shared to us. Yes. My <laughs> father was a provider, but he wasn't uh, one that nourished. He was just, he went to work, he'd come home, and uh, he was there for us, and he, he would converse with us. But I really didn't get any wisdom from him until he was older in life. Yeah. And you could probably count on your hands how many men were in your life that deposited wisdom that would have helped you develop to a man of God. Yes, that is the one thing I, I know God has blessed me with. He has blessed me with men who he put in my life to get me where I'm at today. And I'm so grateful that I'm in God's plan where he situated different people in my life, different men who taught me things, not just um, things of my profession, but also uh, spiritually. Yeah, and I think because you do what you could with what you had, you're in a better position to help somebody who was in your position but didn't have somebody like you now, who you are. You, basically, what I'm saying is four senior could have used the four senior. Yes. <laughs> yes. I could have used the four senior coming, coming up where, you know, uh, early in my life, you know, situations, uh, things, you know, uh, the cares of this world, it will beat you down to the point where you forget even what your children looked like when they were younger. Yeah. It's only until they got older that you 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 know you appreciate and you have some regret, regrets because you lost some time yeah. that you could have spent with them when they were younger to nourish them and to give them wisdom. I, it might not have been godly wisdom, but... At least I would have gave them some some things that I I didn't give them. Well, here's that's the thing. That's where it's like 
who you are now is so important to me that it's timeless. Whether I receive this as a child, whether I receive it now, it's timeless. And so it's not so much of, man, I would have loved to have you say these things or say this thing, but it's when I ask myself, what does it take? What is important for a man of God? How does fatherhood look to him? And so I pulled up a few scriptures and I think that it will help us teach young men and old men alike what true fatherhood in God is. Because to be honest, you remembering our faces or spending more time with us is still like, it's, it's a non sequitur. It's like, really what we need is a man of God. And what children need and what adults need in their life are men of God. So my desire for a father that I desired in my youth is not the same as the man that I need in my life as an adult. As a 38-year-old man, I still need men of God in my life. Not a father, but men of God. Well, you look at it different now. I do. Because we are men of God. I'm not only your father, that I'm a, I'm also a brother in Christ. Amen. Sharing in the, the ministry with you. And it, I tell you, I'm really, um, really blessed to have not just my two sons, but also my daughters, all, all my children are in the, the ministry and we're growing in grace. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that God has given us this time, yeah. this moment in time that we are all, we're sharing now. Not only that we're sharing things that are dear to us, but we're sharing godly things. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse six through nine says, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as the sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So he's telling them how to be fathers. He's telling them how to be real men of God. He's telling them that this one particular thing that they have is the only thing that is viable and useful to their families is the word of God. Yes. And that's, that's one thing that uh, we as uh, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, we fail to do for our, our our children, and uh, something that I'm I'm so grateful that we're having the opportunity that, to teach it to uh, my grandchildren. Absolutely, I might not have done it with you all when you were younger, but you but know. you did it to the extent that you knew. Yes, you all you all were young in the faith, and you also were young, <laughs> but you always operated according to the understanding you had. Yes. So when you came to an understanding of God, you took us to church. Yes. So that's where I'm saying, like, it's, it's, it's where everybody's at. They just need to know. The minute you knew, you did. That's all you could ask for. But now we're in a different position because we know more than you and mom knew. Yes. <laughs> at our ages. Yes. And so we have to do. And I think that that's the reason of the podcast is like, you know so much now as a man of God that if you could go back you wouldn't 
it wouldn't be about spending more time. It'd be about what you do with that time. Uh-huh. It's about, he said, t- these words that I command to you need to be on your heart. Yes. Firstly, as men, and we hold father figure roles, even as I'm, I don't have any children. The first thing I'm, I must do to be viable to someone else as a man is to take God's word and let it be on my heart. Yes. Has to. It's like we keep thinking of that we are viable as men or as fathers because of what's in our pockets. But God is saying right here, it's what's in your heart. Yes. And what's in your heart needs to be what you teach diligently. He said, teach them diligently to your children. That diligently word denotes time. Yes. Like you said. So it's like, yeah, spend more time with your kids, but spend more time doing what? Teaching them. Teaching them. You know? So it's more than just uh, discussing and, and, and teaching, but we also have to be examples of what we're teaching. And I, I believe that's missing in the church today is we do a whole lot of talking and we don't, we don't back it up with our actions. Yeah. And we're going to get to the action part. It's just people don't see that there's equal parts, talk and live. Like you can't, people always say talk is cheap. It's only as cheap as what you're saying. Yes. So he's like, he's telling them the way that the Bible has existed for all this time has been because of this very simple structure. Learn it, get it in your heart, teach it diligently to your children. Talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Then he tells us these things as bind them as signs on your hands. Yes. So it's like whatever we do reflects the word. Yes. Then he says, they shall be frontless between your eyes. Like whatever we see, we see it through the perspective of the word. Yes. We're talking about a certain type of man that really doesn't exist today. So I'm blessed to have a young man as a father who has kind of shifted and transitioned his life to look more like Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 than a lot of the men that I see. Amen. And it's important for me because I still need to be taught. And not taught quickly, but taught diligently. I still need to be, time still needs to be spent with, like you said, grandchildren and other men in the church who didn't have fathers. Yes. who, Who are starving for information, the same information you were starving for. Yes. And there were men that came in your path and gave it to you. And I think sometimes even when we are engaging with people, we don't take it and look at this as simply as just sharing what's in our hearts. Yes. We, uh, the thing I'm, I'm learning is that we don't know the plans that God has for us. Therefore, we are used in other people's lives, including our own children, because they're part of God's plan. Yeah. And God used us to impart wisdom to get them to where they need to be. Sort of like a race where we, we're always handing the baton off, mm-hmm. whether it's our children, our grandchildren, neighbors, whoever we come in contact with. You know, this is not, not a one-man race. You know, we, we have to hand, be able to hand the baton off. Yeah. Therefore, teach them so they can go on and teach someone else. Yeah, and that's why this is a big deal for me. Is I think that this is a visual that people don't see or an audible that people don't hear is fathers and sons talking about the word. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why it was so important to me because 
it's a unicorn. It's yes. just, just another unicorn. As much as I stand up there as a 38-year-old virgin and nobody's seen one before, they could just tap on the window like at a museum, seeing a father and a son sit and talk about the word. Yes. Where where are we seeing that at, Dad? Well, not. <laughs> Certainly, uh, I'm pretty sure there's some household. Yeah, there's some that but are discussing the word around the table yeah. and appreciating the word and what God is doing in their life. It's far and few. But yes, we, uh, you know, we can see it in our own grandchildren where they're indented with uh, technology. Yeah, and that is missing now at the table as you eat dinner. Everyone is going their own way. Everyone is on their own separate techno- pieces of technology, whether it's iPad, iPhone. And I, I, I believe that's what's missing now. That's where we have to pull together. That's where we need godly wisdom. Yeah. Godly men to pull their, 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 their children together, even at the dinner table. And I, I believe we just yeah. take it for granted. And that is a trick of the enemy. Yeah, because if he knows... If this doesn't happen, if what Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 9 does, says doesn't happen, then it effectively severs yes. the power of God in the household. Yes. It effectively severs the maturation or the, as the scriptures in Acts says, the increasing of God's word throughout the world. Because you have the people who are the heads of the house no longer commanding God's word to be the head yes. of people's lives. True. Through, so through through simply just teaching. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a certain respect and an understanding for God's word because of the priority you guys placed on it. I knew you placed priority because I'm like, we didn't been to church three days this week. Yes. Because saying like, you know, you, you may not have felt you had a good understanding of it. You might not even felt like you were the best Christian, but you took the word that was in your heart. Mm-hmm. According to what you were given, and you acted on it, you yes. bound your hands with it, and you put it on the front lid of your eyes. Now you've come into a better understanding. Yes, and it allows you to do that even more effectively. But I'm sharing that with you so you know, like fatherhood is important, and you you did it well. You did it well. And it's time now that we share and teach people how in the world they can do it better. Yes. Because <laughs> we got more info now. I don't know. It's just a, we came into a place and a time where the information that was being shared, the people was far and few between. Yes. But we know now and we're we know, able to we share. Better. Yes. Yeah. So it's like I, uh, the things that my, gr- my nieces and nephews get to hear from their grandfather are things that I didn't get to hear. That's true. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not just from you, but just in general. I'm I'm being something to someone that nobody was for me. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like That's the important part of what we're doing is where literally I read Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 9, and I seen that in my household. I seen my parents be diligent. You know? It's just... It's important, and I want to make sure we share that with people, especially with your young men and your older men. You got to get the word in your heart and what you have in your heart. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, but what you do have in your heart, you need to sit down with your children, teach it diligently, sit down with the young men in church, teach it diligently. 
Bind it on your hands. Let it be reflected in what you do. Bind it in your your face and your eyes and let it dictate how you see the world. Let it dictate your perspective. So then I decided, let's go and talk about a father and a son, David and Solomon. And just like us, we're talking. Yes. They were talking. And some of the things that David said was his last words. Yes. Were, I think that they're important and they, they show what type of father people need in their lives. And this was a grown man. Yes, but even as grown, <laughs> even as grown men, we have to be reminded. Absolutely. So in 1 Kings chapter 2, uh, verse 1, he says, When David's time to die was near, he told his son Solomon, I am going the way of all the earth, so be strong. Show yourself to be a man. Yes. So the first thing right there, you have a man encouraging his son to be strong. Yes. And encouraging him to be a man. Yes. Because he had made many mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. As, as men, we have to stand up to our wrongs and admit our wrongs and put our wrongs behind us and go forward. Yeah. And, and it's very important that uh, we remind our children, our grandchildren, and all, of, all the ones who are involved in our life, that, yes, yeah, situations are going to happen in your life. There's going to be some stumbling blocks, but you still have to be a man and, and, and admit your wrongs and move on from them. Absolutely. And, and so he, he says two things that I think are misdefined in our culture. He says, be strong. Yes. Men don't understand what strength is. <laughs> we know the men in the world now because uh, they, they escaped their responsibility. Absolutely. So they don't understand what strength is and they don't understand what being a man is. He told him two things that I hear men say all the time to one another. I even have heard fathers say to their sons, be strong, be a man. But their definition is not clear and their definition is not spiritual. Mm -hmm. So when they're, we're telling our sons and our nephews and our brothers and sisters, when we're telling these young men to be men, what does that look like? I got a nephew. He just graduated high school. He's your grandson. He, he, he wants to be a man. He needs to know what that looks like. Yes. It's not enough for me to tell him, hey, be a man. Be a man. Be strong. They need to understand that strength does not lie in their body, but it lies in their mind. Yes. That strength literally is being strong enough to have faith in the midst of any situation. Yes. They need to know that being a man has little to do with who they want to sleep with. Yes. <laughs> well, now we know what being a man is, and that is understanding who God is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the moment I understood that uh, when I'm weak, then God is strong in my life. And I have, I have accepted me being not strong in, 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 in who I am, yeah. but being strong in who God is in my life. And that type of humility is the hallmark of a strong man. The strongest man that ever walked the earth was Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> and I think that people miss that, that reality. And so when we tell a young man, be strong and be a man, we're telling a young man, be like Christ. 
And so that's that's just to help some of you because I can get into a bunch of definitions and I heard pastors try to preach about being a man and they always operate from a very secular way. The things that we do on this earth do not dictate our manhood. It's what we do for eternity. Yes. It is how we walk like Christ that dictates our manhood. There will never be another man like Jesus. That's why he is our example. And he and his mind, they thought like a man, as that Steve Harvey book says, think like a man. To think and take on the mind of Christ is to think like a man. Yes. <laughs> so, Because without him, you're nothing. We're weak. We think we're strong. And for years, I thought I was strong. And I understood that as long as I was doing things my way, I was messing up. Yeah. Nothing ever worked out. Yeah. And the whole time... You know, in my life, I've struggled with I, my man identity because I thought that being a man was what I acquired or who I was to the world. It wasn't about who I was to God and what I had in my heart from him. And so those are things that young people need to see and they see it in our lives and they see they need to see what true strength is. So when we operate in the fruits of the spirit, these young people are able to see a strong man. Yes. <laughs> when we operate in faith, love, self-control, meekness, kindness, gentleness, we are operating in strengths that we want to see reflected in the young men. And that's the, the things that, that aren't being said, even when he shares with him, David shares with Solomon, be strong, show yourself to be a man. He immediately tells him what that looks like. He says, do what the Lord your God tells you. Amen. That's the bottom <laughs> line right there. You'll be very successful doing that. Do what the Lord your God tells you. Well, we all know Solomon and the route he took. No different than the route we all took. I'm pretty sure there's some things my father told me before I left home. And yes, I listened to him, but I, I didn't do exactly what he said. Absolutely. And it led me to many problems. Yeah. So uh But that's you know David that, understood. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a whole nother thing. Yes. But the, the the to know that at least David made sure before he left, he left these foundations. So when Solomon did stray, it wasn't because he wasn't taught. Right. <laughs> That's so true It wasn't because he wasn't taught Because a lot of people They feel that they are They have this excuse to do things Because they weren't Given understanding or taught Everything Solomon needed to know He was given Yes And he's seen how A great part that God played In David his father's life To the point where Solomon understood That when he did take over the kingdom He knew he couldn't do it by himself Absolutely he needed God's help Yeah even to the point where he, just like he says right here, do what God tells you to do. Amen. Even when he had the desire to build the temple. Yes. And God told Nathan, David's not to build the temple. And Nathan went to him and told him, God said, don't build it. He operated in true humility and in submission, even though it was something that was great on his heart. Amen. He knew that he needed God's approval. Yes. Every man knows their place in God. Not just reading the Bible, trying to find out how you can usurp authority over people, but read the Bible to truly understand what God's authority is over you. Amen. And what he really is trying to tell us to do and 
that should be, this is just telling us, that, you know, when we said in Deuteronomy that we're supposed to talk to the children, this is telling us what to tell them. Amen. You know, we don't have to wait till our deathbed yes. <laughs> to tell them to be strong, to be a man, and to do what the Lord tells you to do. He says, keep all his laws and his word by what is written in the law of Moses. And we know that when a lot of times people say, do what God tells you to do, we are not being advocates of the Bible like we should. That's true. We're not pointing people to the Bible. It's like, <laughs> you know, we try to explain things that they need to read themselves. Yes. And a lot of times we try to put our hand in it and instead of godly wisdom, we give them our experiences and our what we went through. Absolutely. That's not what they need. They need godly wisdom. Yeah. And people always say men are logical. They need they need something to base things on. Well, there's nothing but a stronger base than the word of God. And so he told us his son, he said, I'm telling you something, but everything I'm telling you is also in that word. Amen. He just pointing to it. He just pointing to it. He said, do everything God tells you. He's right there. He's pointing authority to God. And then he's telling them where he can find more of that word that he must be under the authority of. He said, it's in the, it's in the word. That's wonderful. It's in the word. And he, he's letting us know that it was written in the law of Moses, but we know that book continued to go. And now we got 66 books of authority that each and every man, young and old, should walk under the authority of. Then he says, then you will do well in all that you do and in every place that you go. Wonderful. And that's a good thing to know. And a lot of times, even as a young man, I was upset because I felt like I didn't have enough people helping direct me when I had dreams and aspirations, when I wanted to do things. And I remember reaching out to people. There was times there where I would, I would email people, just go, on, go online and find a business and email them and say, I'm trying to start a business. Can you give me some tips or help me? And they would just not help. They would be push me off. I would go in people's face, work up the nerve to talk to people. They would be standoffish. I thought that I was, my trajectory of success was based on people helping me. And I didn't realize that I already was helped. Amen. That was God's doing. <laughs> I already was helped. I already was pointed to the word and told that if I obey the word, I'll be of good success. Amen. I was thinking that I had to get it another way. We, we're sitting and crying and complaining, saying there's nobody helping us. But if you have a man or a woman of God who is teaching you and directing you and telling you, listen to what God say, then you can expand and say, wow, everything that, that has happened in my life has been because I just see, saw it, God. Amen. It's something that I shared with uh, your daughter, Rebecca, and, uh, and I was sharing with your wife. <laughs> is that um, we are supposed to aspire to seek God. And in aspiring to please and seek God, he inspires us to do things. Yes. Everything that I aspired to do outside of seeking God, it never came to pass. But everything that was inspired to me by God because I aspired to seek him came to pass. Amen. And I, I believe it, it was God ordained. God knew what path you needed to take and he shut doors on some things and he opened up doors on others. Yeah. And I thank God for the, for the men that he put in my life 
A lot of a couple of them wasn't in wasn't in in, in uh, the faith in the faith. Yeah, but God used them to get me to this place. Yeah, and um, I you know we don't know what goes up in the heavenlies. We don't know the plans God has for us. Yeah, and we sort of stifle that the wisdom that we do get to the point where we say, no, nah, that that can't be right. And we go ahead and do it anyway, and it turns out the way it's supposed to. And that's the part that amazed me, is the part that we kind of shook our head about uh, the help, but we end up accepting the help, and it was part of what got us to this point. Yeah, and help is synonymous with humility. Yes, you can't get help without humility. Yes. You'll always turn your help away. And and you'll always be in a position where you are fighting against what God truly wants to do in your life. I I, I look back and I, I, I'm thinking about the story you're telling about David and Solomon. And, I, and the same thing can be said about Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who when he did take over the kingdom, he didn't listen to the wisdom of the older men in the kingdom and he listened to his friends and it ended up separating God's kingdom into two kingdoms. Yeah. And I think that's the, the unfortunate part is that I'm trying to make sure in my life right now that I am not at a disadvantage of information and knowledge and people sharing. So I have to seize that opportunity. Yes. I'm much like Rehoboam. I have to hear and listen where there was a time in my life there wasn't a lot of teaching, so there wasn't nothing to listen to. to. But now we're in a different place. And I think that even these people who are listening to the podcast, you're in a different place now. They're, they're not in the same place that you were, in, mm-hmm. where you were trying to make it work and God had to use whoever he could. Some people weren't even of the faith. Right. But he had to do what he could do to direct you. Part of God's plan. It's part of his plan. All to get you to a point where you are a wealth of truth that needs to be shared to people, young and old. Amen. And so there's uh, some more of this. He says, uh, he has said to me, God said to David, your sons must be careful of their way. And and this is important because if you don't have a relationship with God, it's going to be hard for you to really do what Deuteronomy is saying. Yes. It's going to yes. be hard for you to teach the truth. You're going to get, you can gather the kids around. And you can say it's time to, to deposit something in these young people. But if God hasn't been a part of your life and in your heart, then you won't be able to tell them the things he says to you. Yes. David is able to say, like, he has said to me, because no matter what we think about David and the things he's done and the, the son that he created with Bathsheba, who happens to be Solomon, what we do know is he had a relationship with God. Amen. And God spoke to him and said, your sons must be careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and soul. He said, if they do, you will never be without a man on the throne of Israel. Wonderful. And that's, the, that's what, still God's, part of God's plan. It's still part of God's plan. He's looking for us to be those men and women of God who are prepared for the throne of the kingdom. In spite of our shortcomings, yeah. God is still <laughs> on the throne. God is still controlling things. And we need to understand that, that even with our pitfalls and some things that we, we decisions we made, 
that uh, wasn't pleasing to God at the time, but God has given us grace to continue that journey to fulfill his plan, and that is to bless the world through us. Well, let me say this, because you keep saying pitfalls and stuff. The, the reality is that what we consider to be a person's failures is not ultimately conducive to or hurting God's plan. And so a lot of times when we look at those stories, we fail to realize that it's not about what they did wrong, but how they operated through it. And Amen. so when we look at David, he was able to see that he, he sinned against God. And I don't take that for granted because I know that there was a time where I did wrong and didn't feel like David. Mm-hmm. And I know that that feeling only comes from a relationship. Amen. The only you 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 can't fake being sorry. That's true. You can't fake <laughs> you can't fake being hurt. You can know that what you did is wrong. But what we see in Psalms fifty one, where he says, you know, in thee and thee only has I, have I sinned, and he says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Yes. These aren't words that come from a person who doesn't have, as he said, a contrite spirit. Right. Who doesn't know what what he does he has done does to his true love or his father. Yes. And so, a lot of times people are so caught up in their pitfalls they want to make them right, but they don't even have the heart to, because they don't really feel sorrow. They don't feel wrong. They just know it's wrong. Well, that's where we come into the picture. Absolutely. Because what God is saying right here, what he said to David is, they must walk before me in truth with all their heart and soul. So he's letting us know this can't be something that we condition people. I'm not sitting trying to teach people to act out truth in their body. Right. I'm teaching people to condition their hearts to the truth. And it's different because there's a lot of people who, that's why I said we we were brought up in the faith of limited truth. Mm Mm-hmm where people were trying to condition their yes. bodies to the word while their hearts still were far yes. from God. And as the only thing that has changed as we've progressed in the word, you know, if as a family has been that we've realized that it's the heart that counts. Amen. That's all, that's all that's, that has really changed. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the real truth of the, <laughs> of the matter. And I think that when we look at it's the heart that counts, now when I read those stories about Solomon or about David, I see a heart that truly was after God. Amen. Like God said, a man after my own heart. Yes. And uh, so 1 Chronicles 28, 8 through 9 was also interesting. He says, now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and in hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. As for you, my son Solomon, know that the God of your father and serve him, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. That sounds like the God I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that just those conversations, I, I'm, I was, I was reading the scriptures. I was co- telling myself and committing my, my thoughts to God to say, I, I want to do more to make sure I'm teaching that very truth that people understand it in young people understand it's that connection 
in their heart, a loyal heart and a willing mind. Yes. That we're, we should be developing and teaching. Yes. And when we talk about Father's Day and we talk about spending time with your family and we talk about talking with children, we clearly can see what type of men we should be. We clearly see that we should be men that are teaching the word of God, but teaching in a way where they understand how to connect with God with a willing heart and a loyal heart or a willing mind. Yes. And in doing that, we put these people, these young people, these young men in the best position to be strong, to be truly men and to serve God in a way that allows them to reap the benefits. Amen. <laughs> I, 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 I believe we left out uh, one, one um, ingredient in all this, and that's be patient, be long-suffering mm-hmm. with them in this. Uh, yet while we're teaching, we understand that, you know, they didn't get the, we didn't get this way overnight, that it, 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 it takes some time. And that's, you know, part of the, the, the love and the grace that God has given us. He's given us more time. Yeah. That's why I appreciate just the uh, being able to watch you grow. Like, I think you, you, when did you have me? How old were you? I was 16. When you had me? Yes. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm no. thinking about Suzanne. So, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about you Suzanne. Me. 20, 21. You was 21. Yes. So you think about that. And you're 21 years old when you had me. You're a young, super young man. You already had three kids at the time. I think that I didn't understand what the scope of that as a young man. So my demands of you as a father were great. But as an older person, I'm able to realize like he was still young. Yes. Still maturing and yes. still growing. And, and I didn't understand either for <laughs> <laughs> but even being able to not be hard on yourself and have patience with yourself. And when I look back at that with those new eyes, I'm able to look favorably and be happy at the maturity you had for your age. Especially when I look and see the maturity I had at that same age mm-hmm. or the maturity of the people that I, I see at that age. And just to know like, I was blessed to have a father who God was able to put people in place to kind of guide him, to be an example, at, even at a young age. Because you're, I mean, I'm 38. You're, you're just about to turn 59. You're still young. And to, to know that God kept you and, and God was patient with you. And it's like, we just have to reflect God to other people. Amen. To, like you said, to have that patience and to let people grow and to deposit in their lives and know that it's not going to be, like you said, overnight. But it's like, that's why the word diligent comes into play. Diligent and patience are kind of like cousins. Yes. <laughs> you got to be patient yes. in order to be diligent. And so we patient, we can take diligent out and just say patiently teach the children. And so hopefully... People receive something from this. I'm I'm happy to do this. Uh, you know, it's not it's it's, it's easy. <laughs> this is easy. This is easy. I I, I was a little nervous because for me, I, I just uh, 
I wanted you to be comfortable and I wanted you to be able to share. And I think that uh, you, you were able to do that. I, I, it's it's just, it's, it's, it's your first time. So I wanted to make sure I, I didn't put you in a, a tough position. Thank you, son. I appreciate did, that. Did I do you all right? Yeah, I received that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, this was good. And I, um, wonderful topic. Yeah. And so, that, this is my my plea to each and every person that listen. If you're a, a man, please take take and heed the advice. If you're a woman, please recommend this podcast to to a man that you know. Let them listen to it. Let them feel uh, the words wash over them and, and get excited about what it truly means to spend quality time and be a father to people. Because we're desperately in need of men of God. We need them. Even as a 38-year-old man, I am always looking for men of God that I can learn from, that I can be directed Amen. from. And it's not always there. It's not always there. But I, I'm just trying to be what I want in my life. Wonderful. Everyone benefits. Everyone benefits. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, son. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to make this, I want to make sure this stays on, on it. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. All right. Yeah, I want to make sure this this will be around before when we're long gone. So I, I want to make sure I say that on there. But that's Real Church Matters, episode 112. I have no clue what I'll call it, but it'll be something father-related. God bless. <laughs>